friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and guy who wants Mo, Alex Tandino. All right, before today's just sticky, delightful, sweet episode, a little business, everyone, it's official, we're on Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. The best way to help support us here at the show. Also the best for you. You get more out of the show if you go to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. You can have your voice help craft the show this becomes, right? So you have your Patreon exclusive library where you get a vote over there on those. We have our Tales from the Griff miniseries. Tales from the Crypt, obviously. Mm -hmm. No ego involved in the naming of the title. Just happened to fall that way. Uh, we have feature-length commentaries. <laughs> we got all kinds of fun stuff over there for you if you go support the show. Uh, it really means the world to us. And you thought we were done after October. No, no, no. Every December, we stuff the listeners' stockings. So all of our listeners get to put uh, a movie into the old uh, stocking, as you, as it were. And we draw the winners and program our entire month of December based on patron selection so perfect time of year to be joining us at patreon.com slash film alchemist pod the youtube film alchemist subscribe over there the email film alchemist pod at gmail.com we're on all the socials you're on so help us complete all the social metrics that we all love to hear about share retweets post x's stories all that good stuff help us with the metrics we need it uh, make sure you're leaving five-star ratings and reviews wherever and everywhere you find pods. True. Help true. us defeat the algorithmic sweets companies that do not have our best interest at hearts. It's not, it's not wrong. Right? Also, guys, reach out to a friend. If you're here, you love movies, right? Reach out to one of your movie-loving friends. Let them know what we're doing. Share one of our almost 600 episodes. We're probably going to be 600 episodes deep by the end of the year. Uh, yes. which seems astonishing. I think we've been a five and a half year run pod. Anywho, Crazy. send them an episode. We'll take it from there. We're going to grow this thing from the grass. Roots. Speaking of something that grows from the roots, this month is a palate cleanser for the October mega marathon. We decided it's, it's Thanksgiving. We usually do something food or eating themed. So this month, the pod has its dessert. So we're just going to pick movies that are opulent, that, that, are, that are sweet, sugary treats for us. Movies that really nourish the soul, right? Um, Alex took that literally and chose the stuff. A Larry Cohen delight. Uh, Larry Cohen, very famous uh, director and writer, actually has some insane writing credits that you would not expect uh, Larry Cohen to have. Oh, yes. Uh, the stuff is the tale of essentially the Oreo fluff that is sentient, that grows from the middle of the earth. It's half blob. It's half pod people. It's like 10% RoboCop fake ads. Um, But what it really is is just a fucking righteous movie, man. Amazing effects. Interesting characters might not be the right word. But they're doing interesting things. And it's really just one of those movies you're like, I love the vibe of this movie. It's fucking funny. It has good action. It has good uh, horror movie effects. So, Alex, opening thoughts on the stuff. 
Yeah, man. I mean, I like, I like the eighties, like anti-consumer culture horror movies. Like some of them are a little more pointed than others, but like this one is, this one's really fun. And to be honest with you, I remember when I was the first time I ever saw anything related to this movie. I remember it was at the video aisle at Hollywood video in Aurora. I was walking through the aisles and I saw that poster. I'm like, holy shit. What is that stuff (laughs) coming out of the guy? That's right. Great. I wasn't compelled. I was not compelled to rent. I just watched. I found I found it one random time watching TV and thought it was hilarious. Uh, rewatching it, there was a lot that I had forgotten, but it is like a really, it's just a fun, it's sort of like, um, it's like all the elements of, uh, they live kind of mm-hmm. like it says, it's like that consumer culture element of like, Oh, everyone's just eating Oreos, Oreo floof. We're all going to die. Yeah. And you're like, all right, cool. <laughs> like, yeah, it's fucking, it's funny. It's not that shocking to me that eight years later, Larry Cohen wrote a Body Snatchers movie. Right. Yeah. Because in the original Body Snatchers idea, right, it was kind of a communism is coming for us. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of changed culturally. Right. In the 70s, it's like we're becoming our parents almost. Right. Like now we have jobs and work for the government, man. We've been co-opted. Um, In this one, it just was like the the Reagan era, the Gordon Gecko greed is good shit. Uh, where we just watch people fucking crushing, right? Fluff it's why invasion of the body snatchers works because works decade after decade because like, mm-hmm. there's always something in the consumer culture that turns us into quote zombies. So well, there's always something. Yeah, this one is very pointed at us, right? Where because they have this we're overeat, we're binge eating the stuff we can't stop, right? Yeah, they kind of hint that the stuff is behind that, but also just our culture. And I thought one of the funniest, best parts of the movie is they add this, um, what they're doing over on, uh, you know, whatever it is, Main Street or whatever, yeah. where the ad agency is doing these really fucking amazing ads. There's like this old lady who's in like a glamour shot and she's like, I thought I was all put out. I thought I was too old. And now all I want is the stuff. stuff. And it's uh, it's like this weird, like, is she talking about dick? Yeah. And it's like, no, she's talking about stuff. And, it, and she says, it's called the stuff. And enough is never enough. And then it goes through all of these ads, which are fucking hilarious. They have great jingles. There's the one where it's like the stuff is just graffitied on the wall. And it like took me back to this. I was like, I remember when they were trying to run this like, oh, now it's like street and cool. Right. (laughs) And like they couldn't figure out where they were marketing. But you just watch this blanket where they're like, we're going to hit them on every level. And if you don't have the stuff. Which essentially looks like cool whip. Yeah. You're not cool. And not only if you don't have it, but if you don't have a fucking ton of it. And so uh, the the original Body Snatchers was if you turn your back or people aren't watching you, you get pulled in the dark. I think the point in nature of this is the gluttony. Right? It's like you fucking fat pieces yeah, of shit. Like, I mean, like Body Snatchers, if we were chasing the alien pods around to eat them. Right. <laughs> you know what Body I mean? Snatchers is about like, Body Snatchers is like, will replace you with a better version of you. Like, that's what we right. want to do is like improve upon this world. The stuff in like movies like it are, is about like the overconsumption, quite literally of consumer yeah. culture. So 
when you have like <laughs> yeah and i mean like again i i think the ad work is so fun the ad like, work is fucking it's not work, robocop good but it's fucking awesome. nothing's ever going to be robocop good. no robocop it, is the pinnacle it of stands alone but this is um this is then so, this maybe cheddar goblin like there's some good ones there's some great stuff this is like so specifically like but this is so specifically pointed towards every demographic it's like oh the stuff can get everybody like it doesn't matter who you are you will consume the stuff and i think that's like such a key component of the story itself is it's an undiscriminating substance and it all like it, it is the I, I can't think of anything really in the modern era that is like ubiquitously like oh yeah we all eat that we're all yeah monsters. i was trying we to look it. up some of the best fake ads in movies they're kind of funny, right? They've got Globo Gym. <laughs> They've got Swallow Valley Mall from Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie. Okay, that's Buzz good. Lightyear. Sure. Let's see. Wacky Waving Inflatable Two Bar Man from South Park. Who are you going to call the Ghostbusters Yeah, commercial? Ghostbusters is probably the most like. Magna Volt from uh, Robocop 2. <laughs> Let's see. Avita from Zoolander. That's fucking good. Porn for Women from 30 Rock. <laughs> that was, you know what? That's mittens. true. 30 Rock has uh, some of the better. 30 Rock does uh, have some pretty good ads. Mr. Plow from The Simpsons. Yep. Mm -hmm. And coming attractions from Tropic Time. All right, so these are good. But I would argue this is better. This should be on the list. I will say, I don't think it's a very subtle, but definitely a very pointed attack at us. That if you think about what the fluff does, right? Like, Mo has that great line at the end. Where we've done this whole journey, and now he's got, like, a duster, so he's, like, more Humphrey Bogart. And uh, the kid whose family's been murdered, yeah. which is like the weirdest like B plot is like there's just a kid in Jersey who's like going to go on this. We'll get to that. But he's got a little like fucking tough baseball kid jacket like he's in the Warriors. So now he's tough. And they make the, the executives in charge of the stuff. And now the taste eat a bunch of the stuff. Right. And Mo just goes, you got to ask yourself, are you eating it or is it eating you? Like and I was like, what a great fucking line. But you come back and essentially if you think about what the stuff does is we just eat it religiously like big fucking losers. Yeah. We're just, rah, 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 rah. For all our food, we eat the stuff. And what does it do? Literally nothing except for when it wants us to chase someone with a stick, we do. And then if they punch or kick us fucking chocolate chip Charlie style, we're just filled of a fucking gooey, useless substance. Yeah. So what this movie is saying is that the fluff, while it's replacing our innards, is not replacing anything of value. No. <laughs> it doesn't. It like, like specifically, nothing valuable is lost. It like liquefies all the stuff that is worthwhile, but like keeps all the all. It keeps the husk of yeah. It keeps the husk of waste that we all just traips around in. I don't know. It's very yeah. We see the heads explode, and there's no brain anymore. But yeah, all these people are still holding their jobs, parenting, in marriages, running general stores. So like they're saying literally our brains are fucking useless because of consumerism. Anywho. Again, this is like I, I love this subgenre of movies from the 80s. Like this like pastiche or metaphor for American consumer culture in horror movies from specifically the 80s. Like this is. This is re it's really fun. Like, and it, the stuff, like, anything about, like, how we're just dedicated to whatever. 
like mm-hmm. dedicated to whatever we are interested in is absolutely fascinating to me. Yeah. And I mean like and again like the other thing too that I love is it's almost always a kid who realizes that it's wrong. Like something's wrong and like like, like these movies particular and this one too. There's always a child who goes, "Huh. All this seems bad, doesn't it?" And you're just like, "Well, he sees it move and he's like, I don't love that." And then his dad's just like, "Get your little bitch ass out of here and spanks him." And he's like, "That's it. Crusade time." <laughs> crusade time (laughs) like that's all it takes is like one night vision and a little bad parenting and he's like i'm going to that grocery store like john wick and i'm gonna fuck this store (laughs) what's the there's the idea just in general by the way dude when he's wrecking that store and we see uh what's his name fucking talk radio is one of the clerks love that bit dude i forget that guy's name but yeah, he's just running around the store. He sees this little kid just eating it, and he's like, fuck that, fuck you. And he just starts destroying the store. It takes four fucking clerks to bring him down. That scene is awesome. That's a kid who's going to turn into John Wick. He's, he's going to live his life scene. as John Wick. I, I also do Jersey love, Wick. <laughs> I also love the casting of Michael Moriarty. Like, he's such a weird actor for this kind of thing. The guy who plays Mo, sorry. Uh, he's such a strange actor because... Well, my wife kept saying, why is he doing a Jimmy Stewart impression? And I could not stop laughing. Yeah, she's not wrong. I mean, Amy is correct. Like, it's just as- like imagine if Harvey was actually just made of the stuff. That's what my wife was seeing. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. Imagine it's the man who shot the man who shot Liberty Valance, but he's just like shooting it. But with every bullet is just stuff coming yeah. out. Yeah, he's just shooting. He's just shooting it. Oreo floof. Like, again, it's it's just so I, – I, it's just so pointed. Like, it is, like, very specifically, it's like, we all should eat less. I'm going to make – like, Larry Cohen literally is like, we should all eat less. I'm going to make a movie about everyone who eats Oreo floof and, you know, let's talk about – But I honestly think <laughs> they should have cast, like, young Arnold. Like, you should have cast a Jack guy and just make the movie like he's judging fat people. <laughs> like, if you're going to do it, do it all the way. Like yeah. Mo Mo Rutherford does not look like a man who eats extremely healthy. No, I mean he just looks you know like what he, I mean. He looks like, like he eats a lot of pistachios, like a lot. I was gonna say like fucking uh, rib sandwiches, like like a get McRib, someone but like a McRib. Yeah, because he's like you know I'm on the road and I just want Mo and Mo. If you always want Mo. Eventually, you're going to need Mo electricity for your rascal. Okay, like so that's where this goes. That kid. So th- when the um, when the kid discovers his parents are just like being subsumed by this stuff and runs away. Yeah, his dad is like in shape. Yeah, parents look great, by the way. And we need some obese actors in this. All movie. they're doing is like everyone who's eating flu. Wait, or maybe it's it's a fat a forward movie. Well, the dad it's does not say just a fat shaming joke. Well, the dad does say it's probiotics, so you know, just, you know, it's okay. Like, well, it's like health junkies. Yeah, so maybe that's what it's it like. Is. Those California don't vaccinate my kid moms. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Yeah, yeah, like it's sort of <laughs> marketing into that, but you know, yes. Uh, there was so like when the uh, the stuff like subsumes the family like. Like the dinner table's just that bowl of stuff. 
and they're just like spooning it. It's after he's dumped it down the toilet and everything like oh, that. Oh, yeah, because he's trying to eat Barbasol to get out of it, and then fucking yeah. pukes in Rutherford's guy. Yeah. <laughs> Great scene, by the way. Great but, scene. So this, precip- this is preceded by him running out of the house, and his parents are like, and then he just gets in Michael Moriarty's car, and I'm like, in the '80s, was this not problematic? Was this like a thing? Like, I, I think that was a huge note. That was a huge note I wrote down. It was like he just ran into that guy's car. Like in the '80s, it was like my parents are like absolutely converted to eating the stuff. I'm just gonna go in this random right. guy's car. He didn't offer him candy, but he did say, "I saw it move too." And <laughs> the like, kid doesn't stop and say, "What's about? moving?" Yeah. What's what are moving? wait what? Hmm? What are we talking about, guy in a trench coat? Mm. Tell me that yeah. wasn't the first thought you had when he said that. You're just Do like, you look like movie Dahmer? Mm. <laughs> We're going to go watch a tape of stuff commercials. We're going to no, watch uh, Return of the Jedi. You like Return of the Jedi? It's a good movie. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was a wild time back then. That's just how we lived. But his parents were trying to murder him. They were. So I guess in that moment, you just it's less stranger danger and more familial danger. Yeah, yes, that's a real that's a real toss yeah. up in my opinion. Am I gonna risk seeing a dick in the wild, or being fucking crammed full of stuff? I had forgotten. neither are a good path. I had this is not a good like, decision. What Michael Moriarty's like? What Mo was doing? He was like a corporate raider. I think for a long time I just thought he was the kid's dad, like because I just hadn't yeah. seen this movie in a long time. I was like, oh, weird. He's just this yeah, corporate you, raider who's like on you his. You think he's like a lawman, yeah? Right. I think I remembered him as a lawman. No, he is he's a like an corporate raider agent, right? Because essentially, big ice creams like we got to get out in front of this stuff. We can't yeah. steal their secrets. It can't be analyzed. Blah blah blah. So we have to get out in front of it, yeah. right? They hire Mo Green. His friends call him Mo because that's what he always wants. Mo, uh, and he goes out and essentially is like. Hey, ad exec, I want to buy your company and put you in charge. She's like, get me a blow me dress. You know what I mean? And some fuck me heels. I'm doing this. And then all of a sudden, she's just part of the mission. Like after he he's like, yeah, I lied to you 100%. We skipped this scene where it's like, meet me at my hotel, right? With their dueling limo conversation. Yeah. We skip all that. He takes her to the lab and she's just like, I might have helped kill people. And he's like, I got to go check on a kid. Kisses her. So we know that the uh, the fucking dicking went down. So he's just like really kind of a scummy guy just running around lying and getting into mischief. Yeah. But yeah, it is funny because this movie settles on it's anti-capitalism and greed and gluttony, right? Right. But at the end of the film, you cannot argue the two forces that saved America were capitalism. Definitely capitalism. And conspiracy theorists. So it is a fucking bizarre place for the movie to land, which is these two things which now are destroying us. Uh, that's what saved us back in the 80s. So it, in the end, it becomes a movie that's like, actually, everything we said is wrong. If you just have enough capitalism, your enemies will destroy the stuff. Right. And a racist, rapist, military man who owns his own fucking network to peddle his conspiracies will be believed by the masses and they will rise up and defeat the stuff. So yeah, capitalism and conspiracies will save us, which is a not where I thought this movie was going to end on my big. I mean, again, I had forgotten so much about this movie. I had completely forgotten. Paul Sorvino was in it as like the, 
like as like the Colonel Kurtz Colonel of Spears. the stuff. Yeah, there is a moment where they start blowing up the stuff and driving the truck around, and you're like, oh, "Okay, it's almost over." And then you're like, "Nope, there's like 35 more minutes of this oh, movie." Yeah. I'm baffled. And then all of a sudden, we go in the middle of nowhere, and it's like this fucking Abbey. It's like a scene from Saving yeah, Private Ryan. When he goes again. It's like it's 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 like apocalypse now he goes to the abbey and meets this like crazy like fortified fortress colonel kurtz guy played by paul sorvino and i did pause the movie i was like oh this has got to be the end no there is literally like a half hour of the movie left I'm like, it's like a whole mission left what else is there to say like this is crazy well, what there's left to say is when he shows up and he's like hey colonel spears i'm here i need your help with this it's not an alien per se. It's like an earthborn like creature. It's like a parasitic worm. Well, it's also like an environmental story, right? Like the earth has down in its bowels crafted. It has forged the monster with which to kill modern man, which is desserts. Right. Right? right, right. <laughs> We're going to fucking kill you with dessert. Um, but he's like, hey, man, I need your help. And Paul Servino's like, I could just kill you and throw you off this tower. And he goes, ooh, but I do have those tapes. Of you banging a 17-year-old African-American girl. Okay. And I go, wait, what? That scene, by the way, what? where they're like sort of just whispering to each other all these things. I'm like, when that happened, I had to rewind it. And I'm like, did he just say that he totally has like a tape of him just like fully Dude, committing sexual crimes? It is fucking wild that we just kind of throw this in. And then within a minute or two, because he starts stroking his ego, he's like, America needs you. And you're like, is this guy even a part of the military structure anymore? I think this is a militia. Yeah. And then he goes downstairs and he grabs, uh, he's like, you know, hey, maybe after I win this fight, you can fucking reward me proper to the advertising lady. Goes in for a kiss. <sighs> and Mo stops him and he's like, no, Mo will be a casualty. We're definitely going to bang. And proceeds to like hold her hand through the rest of the raids. It's fucking wild. Right? It is wild. And then he goes to, we get in these planes, which we don't know where he gets planes. He has fucking cabs pick up his entire put. This scene is low-key underrated hilarious. Amazing. They get in like six cabs, and the cab's like, where are we going? Yeah. And he just goes, that's enough of your liberal cuck remarks. Shut up and drive. Because <laughs> he's like, I had to drive all these guys with machine guns. They're driving through neighborhoods with their fucking machine guns out the window. Right? Six cabs pull up to his radio station. The townsfolk scurry away, which I had forgotten. Yeah. So this guy is 100% like an on-the-fringe militia man that kind of people knew about, and when they see him, they are terrified. Yeah. He goes into his radio station. He's like, I got to start spouting conspiracies. Chocolate Chip Ch Charlie shows up, and his face drops, and I just go, no. No. I was like, they're not going to have him go in on Chocolate Chip Charlie, right? And immediately, I'll let this colored man talk. And it I go, so it was so un it's one of the like the whole like and i think like garrett morris is awesome like garrett morris he's is giving him like the fucking full tony soprano every time aj does anything anger yeah and garrett morris is like fucking hilarious but fucking garrett morris under heralded actor amazing in this movie we really don't talk enough about how great garrett morris is just in general we will talk about him but we need to tie up a bow on this fucking horrendous paul sorvino <laughs> but the paul sorvino thing is like Again, it's such a weird, like Colonel Kurtz awkward. Th I, I, I never, I've never understood it. It is like this. I know it's part of the main plot, but doesn't it feel like we're like sometimes when it ha like when it happens, I'm like, 
Did a different movie start? I, I remember the first time I watched this. I was yeah. Like, I think this is a new movie. It is bizarre because it even has this odd like musical sting when his troops come out of the grass. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, now are we doing a Monty Python bit? It's also a weird thing for him to like talk shit to ch- uh, Chocolate Chip Charlie. Yeah. And you're like, all right, Chocolate Chip Charlie's hands are lethal weapons. He's oh. going to fuck up Paul Servino and it'll be great. Right. But when you immediately, the scene after that, make Chocolate Chip Charlie part of the stuff. And like his inner white monster comes out, or he uh, is a yeah, commie, it's... and Paul Servino is like the hero helping save them out of the room. I was like, that I don't love. Yeah, that's not like my. I favorite. love the effects of Chocolate Chip Charlie birthing the stuff. That yeah, was awesome. That was awesome. I think in that moment, this movie—it's one of those things that just doesn't age wonderfully. Where it's like you can't have the racist conspiracy theory rapist colonel be the hero actually be a hero like you cannot have it this movie he has to be working for the stuff he cannot be the one who is defeating this lone african-american character whose business that he worked up hard to gain was gotten for through chicanery well and that's what uh, become an agent of the stuff that from like i couldn't remember it at all i thought we was going to get to the point where it was like oh the stuff has definitely taken over the military as like, soon as charlie closes that door behind him in the ad agency like, that's I was I was like, like no Fuck. no yeah no it is one of those uh, moments because especially the way it's shot like the way his like the way the camera's positioned on charlie you're like it's going down god damn it like it's gonna happen and paul sorvino is gonna get yeah. to be a creep still and save the day. It's very unfair. And get to say, see, told you so. Yeah. Um, and again, we just kind of brush right past that into, he's like, the stuff is evil. Don't sell the stuff. Don't buy it. Him and Mo and the ad lady like are reading the copy. Yeah, yeah. And they cut to the ad lady who's like, and the people did believe. The people did believe. And I go, what? Like, imagine Alex Jones comes on the radio tomorrow and he's like, hey, man, those chocolate cheese fondue fountains at golden corral yeah they're full of aliens full of aliens and then imagine the next thing we hear is john oliver he was right it's like what yeah what <laughs> like what a world day, yeah, what an like, unusual it's world such a strange it's such a strange thing especially for a movie about like consumer culture in the 80s to say that the world he's kind like, of like the, a, a rush limbaugh at this era like a proto Rush Limbaugh, yeah, yeah. But like, I think what's fascinating to me, and again, like culturally, it's just so f- weird that in a movie about consumer culture in the middle of the '80s, they're saying anybody using like a ham radio basically is like, listen, if they tell you it's an alien, it's probably true, and everyone should listen to them. Like, just carte blanche believing. The press in 19, 1985 was just a strange. That is also something that has not aged. Now we're like, believe the press? Yeah, what what no. are you um, talking about? Yeah, I think that institution has taken a battering. Not even for any other reason other than that every fucking person always is screaming about how you can never trust the press. Right. Um. Neither here nor there. It is funny because I think the movie, while it does end on capitalism and conspiracy will save us, it also then turns around and shows us that the dairy guy was working with the stuff guy, yep. and they're going to make what's called the taste, this new taste. repackaging and it's rebranding 88, of- 88% ice cream, 12% the stuff. Yeah, so they're just going to rebrand it so and sell it to us anyways, enough. and you're like, 
to kill you the normal way rather than like the way that you get killed by eating the stuff. Yeah, and you're like, that actually tracks. That makes perfect yeah, okay, sense. Cool. That's how we do it. You cannot defeat capitalism. It'll just change forms. Right. And you have to eventually go get them with their own weapons. Right. But, so I don't think it's it, – because it felt at the start, I was like, that's just a big miss to end on that message. And it's like, all right, we still watch them eat themselves yeah, to death. Say, so like, all right. However, twist. The little kid yeah. comes in. He's well, like, There is that like not it. so subtle scene where they're blowing up the stuff uh, pop-up restaurant right next to a McDonald's. Yeah. Again, that they're leaving alone. So I was not like, subtle. McDonald's at least is like letting us have our freedom to kill ourselves. Um, I do. I do love like watching. I do love. He just he just hands them the stuff. Just eat it. Like you're like, oh dude, Hell this yeah, is dude. this is just like you're gonna get them. Oh yeah, take it. I do love it. I do love it. Um, yeah, because the dad has that line too, right? Anything that's good for us is killing what's bad in us. About <laughs> probiotics and shit. And you're like, yeah, we're gonna see it. The only thing I thought is they just kind of left them there. I thought they would all of a sudden, you know, explode into a stuff like thing. But right. instead, we end on the the stuff. The stuff is now sold to like street level stuff yeah. junkies, which again, which I thought was kind of a cool image. Another bit of an interesting, uh, another bit of an interesting social commentary about like drug culture, like anything that we thought was good for us slowly becomes like. This black market commodity that's like, oh, well, it's yeah. also like, is weed as bad for us as a lot of the shit that's legal and we do and see right. on every corner? And I was exactly. like, yeah, all right. Yeah, um, chocolate Chip Charlie. Amazing addition to just have a man who can beat everyone's ass with his bare hands. Love it. Could have used more Chocolate Chip Charlie. I really if I'm being honest, I would have dropped chip. out the Colonel. Yeah. And just kept it Chocolate Chip Charlie. I, I, uh, while the Colonel's memorable for all the wrong reasons, I would have let Chocolate Chip Charlie have some run. I think that's the problem. I would have given Chocolate Chip Charlie the run, and he could have been like an undercover general or something like that. Like, yeah. Instead of like, like he gets there, he has his hat, he just switches the hat, and you're like, oh my god, Chocolate Chip Charlie's a awesome. commando, cool. Like he really is one of them. I'm like, why was he just not everywhere? Like he's so fucking funny and amazing. Yeah. Garrett Morris loved it. Yeah. yeah, he was amazing. He should have been. He was like one of those early SNL guys that I always saw in all the sketches. And you're like, yeah, he just kind of like disappeared for me. And it's a bummer. It is because he really was it's a bummer. Totally awesome. All right. Now we got to talk about the real star of the movie. The stuff, the stuff, the fucking stuff in this movie is so because Amy was watching it with me and she just goes. She was just dying laughing when the stuff was uh, coming out of the dog. Yeah. Because there's that scene where it's uh, it's that other fucking famous character actor. And they're just like, uh, you know, why are you, Why is this dude afraid of his dog, right? Why right. is this guy afraid of his dog? And all of a sudden, the stuff's coming out of the dog's mouth because he's oh, trying you, to protect you, you, him from giving up secrets. Oh, the Dan, oh Danny Aiello. The Danny Aiello Danny thing? Danny Aiello. I couldn't think of his fucking name. Yeah. Great fucking cameo, right? And... Uh, He's like afraid of his dog, and then the stuff comes out of his dog's face, and Amy was fucking rolling. And she just looks at me and she's like, Why does every movie have to be so fucking serious now? I love that. Like, I want to see that instead of like all these perfect and anatomically correct CG renderings of the stuff. And I was like, Yeah, I fucking agree. I love watching it come out of the fucking general store guy as they're punching people and the wounds are coming. That that gnarly scene where they have the fucking mass like husk right when they awesome. raid the fucking stuff factory there's all these empty carcasses yeah this movie goes for it and it's fucking awesome 
I think all of the, all of the like stuff quote transformations. I'm not really sure how you would like quote. I'm not sure how, what you would call them. Like the stuff reveals. Reveals. That's a good one. Yeah. Like reveals. Stuff, I guess yeah. all the stuff reveals are pretty fucking great. Like the effects not are cool. Like, like amazing. Like I fucking love like, them. They're really really fun. All of them are cool. Like and just bizarre. Like it's in the pillow. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I think that's the other thing too, is like, because of the banal, like the banal look of the substance itself, it, it can go anywhere. But then the coolest thing is when it like starts exploding out of people, it's like, oh my God, it's just like, it, it, it is yeah. just, it's such a stark contrast to it's like got some of that, like eighties blob vibe where it's like yeah, the blob yeah. can fucking move. Like the, the famous one. After the pillow, they learn they can light it on fire, right? For some reason, a random lumberjack runs into their room. He's like, I'll kill you. Yeah. What the- but he's not part of the stuff because he gets eaten by the stuff. And so it's like, okay, that's weird. That guy was like in their bathroom. Yeah. Um, not a stuff head or a stuffy as they get start getting called. But it's the famous scene where the stuff starts erupting out of the bed. Clearly, they have a room, a rotating room, right? Because you can see the the extras for or the stunt doubles for Mo and the ad lady, yeah, are like using all of their core strength to try to not fall forward, as they are just dumping gallons and gallons and like hundreds, thousands of gallons of stuff yeah. on this guy on the wall, and it's fucking awesome. I even loved when they get to the sentient like um, pit of stuff. Mm-hmm. If I had a big gri- gripe with this movie. I think that last extra 35 minutes kind of pulled us out of this like awesome journey, right? So we have yeah. this crew of uh, Jersey Wick, Chocolate Chip Charlie, Mo, Ad Lady, right? The whole thing is to get inside the stuff factory, right? Where we got to fucking find the stuff. They did that, and it's awesome. It's this nice little thrill ride with some fucking stuff sprinkled in, right? Right. When we get to those pits, I'm like, I want to explore this. I want to know more about the stuff. What is this stuff? Where does it come from? Why, like, why do they harvest it at specific times? Right. Like, do that, but instead they just blow it up real quick, steal a truck, and we just kind of restart the movie yeah, exactly. but to no avail. I, I thought the stuff pits were cool. At the end, when it's like exploding, the the giant blob uh, stuff that all came out of the workers, mm-hmm. and it's like fucking exploding out of the walls and running for its life. I was like, just keep me there. Yeah. I don't ever want to leave this factory for the rest of the movie. I agree. I think that like that's if there is like one big if there's one big problem of not leaning in, it's that. Like the lean in is on the wrong thing. We're like leaning into yeah. the plot of this movie. That's not the sell. Like I, I don't need no. that. Like I want to see more of the stoof. Like Right. All of the the subtextual jabs that are just text. Those are fine. Those are good. They're flavoring. The stuff like, is what we're here for. And they did right. so good with the stuff. I was like, give me Mo. I feel I like by Mo. 30, I feel like by 30 minutes in, by the time we're like deep into like the family stuff with the kid, you're sort of at the point where you're like, I get it. I understand what's going on. This is about consumer culture. Like you don't need any other commentary. Like again, I, the Paul Sorvino stuff is still It's kind of like spray shooting it all these different American problems. Yeah. And I was like, I get it. I get yeah. it. But what we're here for is that stuff. Yeah. 
because it was really cool when it was in the pit and it's like looking around. I was like, it should have defenses. They should have like a giant kaiju sure. stuff coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which course. they kind of did, but like show it in action. I don't I'm know, sure man. a lot mo- of this, you know, based on the nature, was budgetary and this and that. But. I still say the motel is like, what? I mean, the motel's the best scene in the movie for me. Like, I when I just love, like, the That's way the tough. stuff moves in the motel and just, like, starts subsuming, like, the, the whatever the fucking lumberjack guy is or whatever. Like, yeah, that again, was cool. All of it is just so. What like, was my favorite stuff, dude? I don't. know. That's got to be my favorite stuff moment. For sure. I like when he runs that dude over in the truck, and the stuff's like. Poof. Yeah, that's pretty good too. Right? That I was pretty good. There's some good. Ones, I feel dude. like anytime you have like like that reminded me of RoboCop when they yeah. when they when that one guy explodes because he's melting. Yeah, like that. The fact that we're all just fluff balls waiting to explode. I like that. That's, I that's thought cool. that was uh, that that was my like one beef, man. This movie is just. It's so funny, and the effects are so good, yeah. and the cast is surprisingly up to the challenge of knowing exactly what they're doing. Except Paul, which Sorbino is kind of a, a wink movie. and nod. Con- yeah, Paul Sorvino is a little bit like hamming it. Paul Sorvino's in a different movie, and unfortunately, like we're all like. But I don't know that he wasn't doing his assignment. Like, no, no, how no. Was Paul Sorvino's do doing that? his job, but it's also one of those things where Paul Sorvino's like, I think I'm in a different movie. And I think you just tagged the sound at the end here, didn't you? Like, right, right. It is a. Weird but I just, thing. I, I think the important things is you have your your stuff that you want to say. <laughs> well, done. you have your stuff that is amazing and fun for us. That's yep. great. Yep. And then, yeah, it's you know the plot gets a little in the way, but the moments are fucking awesome. The ads are awesome. The kills are awesome. Chocolate Chip Charlie is awesome. That those final two tags, right, of making the execs eat it, and the the fucking street level drugs selling it. This movie is just way fucking sharper than you would expect. Right. I think of it like there's a movie. If you watch this on Tubi, the very next thing that'll start playing is Street Trash, <laughs> which is also kind of one of the. It's it's a little sleazier than this. Not a little. It's a lot. Sure, sure. Actually, our friend, uh, former guest of the pod, Ryan Kruger. Who did Fried Berry? Yep. He's shot a remake of that now. Oh, no shit. Shouts wow. out. But what you notice about Street Trash immediately is you're like, oh, this thing's fucking moving. Like, the choreography and the cinematography are incredible right off the bat. Right. Where you're like, oh, this is way better than I had thought within the first couple minutes. I think the stuff falls squarely into that, where you're watching and a couple minutes in, you're like, this feels like a fucking throwaway joke, right. right? That just can't fucking live up to expectation. And so rapidly, you're like, oh, this movie's going to fucking kick ass. This movie's going to be awesome. And I think everything after Mo on the boat with the suits, that movie just fucking rips for the entire rest of the runtime. Even when it takes wrong turns, it's still always interesting. Yeah. And you're still always engaged with the movie. I, I think the stuff... So out kicks its coverage. Oh, totally. I mean, without a doubt. Like, I think that's like, that's the key element to the movie is it's so, it could just be schlock. And it does a good job of not just falling into that sort of, all right, let's just keep the movie moving. Like, we're just got to get to 80 minutes. We'll be fine. Like, right. it's not, it's not like that at all. And I think that's such a like key component of what makes the movie work is it's not just trying to like get through the numbers. It's even when it swings and misses, it's still trying things that like 
move the movie forward in a meaningful way. I, I, I think that's admirable and really fascinating, to be honest with you. Yeah, I just think it's a fucking great, fucking great, blast, great, man. great movie. Uh, great addition. It's right by the October Mega Marathon. So it's it's got horror vibes. We're easing you really guys back in. We're easing movie, you guys back man. into the rest of the year. We're easing you back in. Next week, another kind of chocolatey horror film. Willy Wonka next week. Yeah. So be ready for that. And then we're just going full fucking griff luxuriating dude nipple pincher yeah we're omelet. going full griffy being you know i tried to stay in, real I tried to stay high in the fucking, art on you i tried to stay in the fucking lane griff is really getting highfalutin here so. oh dude oh my god oh, just my bring god. bring just, your fucking crustiest hear, baguette dude oh I just hear griff pinching his nippies he's just yeah, so ready just dry bread and existentialism dude yep, with amelie it. to wrap the month's griff um Awesome, awesome stuff on our Patreon, our exclusives over there. Make sure you go over there, too, so you can get in your stocking stuffer picks. That's patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. So make sure you go support the show over there. Join our community, man. We are raging this time of year. Uh, we would be happy to have you. The YouTube Film Alchemist, the email filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Make sure you're leaving rating and reviews wherever you find us. Make sure you're letting your movie-loving friends know. All your movie-loving community, man. Let them know we're here and what we're up to. We appreciate it. Thank you guys for your time. We'll see you next week for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Tandy.